Welcome to Marriage Mondays with the Kings. I'm Kenya. And I'm Shan. And And we we are are the Kings. Kings. Happy Monday, everyone. We hope and pray that you all had an amazing day, a nice, relaxing weekend. You were able to get out and enjoy yourself, enjoy your honey, uh, enjoy your family. We're going to go ahead and get started with Marriage Mondays with the Kings. But you all know we can't do that without thanking our amazing sponsors. First up, we have Hope, which is helping our patriots evolve This is a space for all veterans and their loved ones to come and feel like they are accepted and understood. Veterans around the globe suffer every day from a pain they cannot escape. Hope offers encouragement for those who are searching for a place to connect. Let us be a supportive resource as you travel along your journey. Hope is not for mental health services. For that, you will have to find a supportive mental health resource within your community or at your local Veteran Health Administration. For more information, please visit their website at hopeveteranstrong.com. Dot com. Then we have Christian Humor Force slash Inspiration. This is a group that is designed to uplift, inspire, and bring humor to everyday life in a Christian way. If you're into social media, please check them out simply by going to search them on Facebook at Christian Humor Force slash Inspiration. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Prolific moves start here with Prolific Realty. Visit their website at www.prolificrealtors, that's with an S on the end, .com. Again, prolificrealtors.com or call Alexis White at 254-702-5332. And as always, as we go forth in the show, we always like to open up with a word of prayer. So if you're able to safely do so with us, please bow your head as we go before the Lord in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we just come to you today once again, give you glory, honor, and praise. Father God, we thank you for yet another time such as this, Heavenly Father, that you've given us an opportunity to be before your people. So, Father, as we go forward, we ask that you would take us out of the equation, dear God, that you would speak through us to your people, Heavenly Father, that we would give them a rhema word, Heavenly Father, through you to help in marriages and even in everyday lives. Father God, as we complete this series on generational curses, dear God, help us to be able to give the individuals the information that you've given us so that generational curses can be broken, dear God. Help us to be able to speak in a manner where it's easily understood so people will know exactly what it is that they have to do to turn from their evil ways and break these generational curses that have been upon them. Father, God, on today, we're still praying for marriages on the day, dear God. We bring every attack of the enemy under subjection to you, dear God. We're praying for individuals to be able to reconcile in their marriages, dear God. We're praying for individuals to be able to put those divorce papers away, dear God, and work together in the spirit of unity. Father, God, on day we're continuing to pray for our kids and our schools on the day dear God strengthen the teachers and everyone that is working at the school but more so dear God strengthen the children in their minds give them that heart to be able to come in and want to learn and keep those things inside and be able to give that information back out when it comes to testing time Father God we come up against every attack of the enemy for someone to go in and shoot up a school we come up against bullying on the day dear God we come up against suicide in our children on the day and Father God we're just asking that you keep your hand over every school, no matter where it may be, that it will be peaceful on the day, dear God, and the enemy will not have his way. Father God, we just come up against confusion on the day, for we know a lot of individuals out there are are twisting and tangling your word up, and we know that you are not the author of confusion, but you will give us clarity, not only in our eyes, dear God, but also in our minds. And on the day, dear God, we just come up against those individuals that are just bound up in debt right now. We ask that debt be loosed off of them, Heavenly Father, for we know that can be a generational curse. We ask that we 
put up under subjection, Heavenly Father, and that you take control of finances and you pass out blessings as you see fit. And Father God, on today, we ask you to continue to bless myself and my wife as we go forth and do what you have called us to do. Keep us, Heavenly Father, reeled in, Heavenly Father, up under you. Let it never be said that this is about us, Heavenly Father, that we're taking credit for what you have called us to do. Continue to give us a rainbow word that we give to your people, for it's all about you and it's all about helping marriages survive and stay strong and letting individuals being able to see that there is hope even in the midst of darkness. So, Father God, we just thank you on the day. We ask you to keep your blessings upon us. Bless this radio station and all those individuals who are able to hear us up under the sound of our voices. Let even those that come into contact with them be blessed and better than blessed, dear God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 And so our foundation of scripture for Marriage Mondays with the Kings come from the book of Matthew, chapter 19, verse 6, where it reads, So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And our Marriage Monday with the Kings model, helping to build stronger marriages, which leads to stronger families and, and stronger communities. And, you know, normally we take this time out. It's, it's almost like we get into this habitual thing of saying that, but what we really have to understand is that the way to build a stronger community, the way to build a stronger nation is by first starting off in your own house first, mm-hmm. making sure that those things that you have direct control and authority over, that you're submitting those into the will of God, which yes. makes your, your marriage stronger. And hopefully your children will be able to see that. And it makes that particular family stronger. And then when that family is strong, if we get enough stram- families built together and we see them starting to strengthen, then that's going to directly have a positive impact on our communities. And that's where the root of it starts at. So we got to remember, Remember, this is just not cliche. This is just not about doing a formal thing here on the radio. It's about truly understanding that if you make your marriage and your relationship stronger, it has a positive impact for everything down the line. That is true. And so our disclaimer views expressed on this show are those of the host, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of the station, its management, or other advertisers. The station holds no responsibility for the validity or accuracy of information on this show. And please keep in mind that although we're counseling professionals, the information shared on our radio show is for ministry and educational purposes only. Also note that the topics discussed are reflective of supporters who contact us desiring to have a deeper knowledge of these topics. No information is shared on our show based upon our counseling experiences. Topics are for the encouragement of marriage, families, and communities as God desires for us to minister. And so just as Kenya was stating earlier, um, we started this Generational Curse series in January. It was actually the very first show of this year and has been going ever since. And so today is the last show. This is the wrap-up show of this Generational Curse series. If you all so happen to have missed it, all you have to do is go to our website, Marriage Mondays with the Kings. If it's any topic that you think that may have fell under generational curses, go to our website, marriagemondayswiththekings.com. Click on the listener tab. There are so many avenues to listen and different platforms. And then you can go and search um, for the specific subtopics and feel free to share with someone else because someone else may be going through this as well. But to wrap up this series, what this subtopic is going to be under our series of generational curses is the curse breaker. So that's what we're going to be talking about on tonight, the curse breaker. So if you are currently in the process of breaking a generational curse, if you are an individual that has went through this process 
Or you may be an individual to say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of the things that I am seeing. When it comes to generational curses in my family, I cannot change the past, but I could start today with changing the present and the future. We hope and pray that tonight we give and share some nuggets as God allows us to minister these nuggets that will be encouraging unto you and others on how to be the curse breaker. Yeah, when we talk about a curse breaker, let, let's look and identify that individual that may have um, inherited a generational curse. Uh, may have even been something that they may have started, but then this individual has made up their mind that I no longer want to see this run in my life, in my family's life, and for generations and generations to come. Uh, normally, I start off uh, a lot of the shows with definitions and things of that nature, and then I work my way up to certain analogies to really be able to break it down. Mm-hmm. Now, I, But this one just hit me, and I got to get it out there in the forefront. Okay. You know, when it comes to that curse breaker, that individual that says enough is enough, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, mm-hmm. why is it that when that person gets to that point, everybody else starts to get mad at them? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I think about an analogy of a hospital, Mm-hmm. I've never went up in a hospital and saw somebody in there mad because somebody was in there trying to get healed. Mm-hmm. But then when people try to get healed from the generational curses that they have upon them and try to keep it from going from generation to generation, all of a sudden people want to get mad and start calling them out. Mm-hmm. Well, who do you think you are? Who are you to say that, you know, this at this particular time in life? That mm-hmm. person's trying to get made whole. They're trying to get made healed. Right. I, I don't remember anything in the Bible when the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus' garment and somebody got mad. Right. The only thing that Jesus said was, hey, I just realized I've lost some power. Some, somebody touched who me. Touched me. Mm-hmm. But we want to get mad at individuals that are tired of being up under um a generational curse. They're tired of being bound and chained. Mm-hmm. And even in the Bible, it tells us that if you lose something here on on, heaven, on, on earth, you're going to lose it in heaven. Mm-hmm. But if you bind it up here on, on earth, then it will be bound in heaven as well. So we need to make sure that when these individuals are trying to bind things, we're not holding them back. Because when you really look at it, a lot of the reasons why generational curses are still going on, it's not always the fact that it's going from generation to generation. It's because you have a generation of individuals that don't want to say anything, don't want to do anything about it, and they're comfortable sitting in their own mess. Mm, mm, My God. They're comfortable sitting in their own mess. So when they're comfortable with it, they just naturally feel that everybody else has to be comfortable. Uh But God has called you out to be different. He's called you out for such a time as this, that that curse needs to be broken so that your generations down the line can truly live. And when I say truly live, I'm just not talking about making it day to day, paycheck to paycheck, week day in, week day out. I'm talking about getting to a point where God has promised us that we're going to be the head and not the tail. Mm -hmm. We'll be the lender and not the borrower. He's setting us up for multiple blessings. And this ain't a prosperity preaching. It's just making things better for your generations to come. Right. That is so true. And so one of the things that, um, because of course, we'll ensure to share tools. What I've done personally, because I feel that I've personally went through this process, I wrote down some tools that helped me along the way when it came to Um, breaking some of the generational curses that ran not just in one side of the family, but on both sides of my family. And I know I'm not the only one. One of the things that Kenya and I have said 
through this entire series since the first week of January is you first have to identify. Now with you identifying or slash recognizing what the curse is. So this is the first thing you would need to do. And this is what we've been saying repeatedly is identify. That doesn't mean that you have to call out you know what I'm saying? Uh, your family and oh, y'all this and y'all that. No, don't get into a haughty, um, 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 mightier than thou type stance. Don't do that. Remain humble in the process. Um, but being a generational curse breaker is not easy at all. So that's the first thing that you need to know. It is not an easy task because if it was easy, more individuals in your families would have done some, uh, took the necessary steps years ago, if it was so easy, but it's easier for a lot of people to go along to get along. That's the saying that, that I heard a lot growing up in the country. A lot of individuals just go along to get along. And the reason why I do that is because I want my family to like me. I don't want to be ousted out of the family. We was always taught about, you don't talk about things that goes on in the family because that can ruin the family name. But think about a lot of the generational dysfunctional patterns that has been allowed to continue to go on because you have individuals that are not willing to stand up and say, I do not want this to pass through me to future generations. So first step is you have to identify and recognize the curse that needs to be broken or for our day and time, we could say the generational dysfunctional patterns. What does it look like? Is it alcoholism? Is it abuse? Um, is it debt? Is it, um, let's see, uh, uh, health issues? Because we've spoke about that where people, you know, people got the, one of the high threes, if not all of the high threes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, um, and things of that nature. So look at what those things may be, identify and recognize those. And that's the first step. And then I'll share the second one um, that I have. And then I know, can you have some more things? The second step I wrote down is this. You have to consciously make a decision if you desire to stay in the wave of the generational dysfunctional patterns of your family or go against the grain, which is be the curse breaker. Again, the second step, if you're taking notes, so the first step is identify slash recognize the um, generational curse or dysfunctional pattern that you feel need to be broken. The second step is make a decision if you are the one that desire to stay in the wave of generational dysfunctional patterns or go against the grain and be a curse breaker. So are you just going to continue to go along to get along so you could try to please everybody in your family or are you going to be that one to say, hey, enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't want my children to be subjected to, you know, abuse or or whatever the case may be, whatever that uh, dysfunctional pattern is for your family. And I'll continue on in a bit. Yeah. And I have to agree uh, what, my, what my wife was saying. When you think about generational curses, of course, the first thing is to be able to do is to identify that. Mm -hmm. And identifying that is going to require some self-reflection. Right. It's going to require you to look within yourself to see the areas where not only other people may have did some wrong things, but you as well. Uh-huh. And, and with that, that process starts out after you identify it, it is really also being able to be ready to start doing some forgiving. Mm. That mm -hmm. forgiveness. That's true. Yeah. 
because it does no good for you to say that, well, you want to break a generational curse and you can't forgive an individual for maybe what they've done. Now, that doesn't mean you have to light the individual or, or anything of that nature, but just so that you're able to forgive them because the Bible lets us know that if we forgive others, our father is quick to forgive Give us. us. Mm-hmm. And so forgiveness is a very big part uh, of that. Uh, what you can also expect as a curse breaker is that when you get it in your mindset that you're about to break this hold that uh, the enemy may have on you or your generational, uh, your, your your family or a son or a daughter, is you can expect a spiritual attack. Mm-hmm. See, the enemy uh, sits back and he watches the things that we do every single day. He sees how these generational curses affect us from a physical and even a mental, a spiritual, uh, and a natural standpoint. And so he's already devised a plan that when you get ready to do this, well, then I'm going to throw that at that person. Right. right when it seems like you might be getting ready to have that breakthrough, things get harder and harder and harder because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And he understands that if you break this curse, then all of a sudden there's going to be some joy there for you, mm-hmm. that you're not going to be bound any longer. So he has to devise a plan to try to keep you in that state. Mm-hmm. Wow. But we have to get to that point where we have that forgiveness that touches our heart. When we start to realize that, yes, we're going to be attacked, that means we need to get even closer to God mm-hmm. so that he doesn't pull us farther away. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest trick that the enemy has is to get an individual to think, well, if I'm a child of God, why is all this stuff happening to me? Why right. is it happening to my generation? So therefore, why don't I just move away from God and just do what I want to do? Because ain't nothing coming out mm-hmm. right anyway. My God. Mm-hmm. Biggest trick of the enemy. Jesus. But what we have to understand is that God did not cause us to be in bondage. Right. He called us to come up out of it and also help bring some other people out as well. Mm-hmm. I, I want someone to pay real special attention to that because a lot of people, when you talk about being a curse breaker, don't be so concerned just about your situation. You got to pull somebody else out as well. Right. So if you were able to get out of a pool because you fell in and you didn't know how to swim and someone else was in there, would you not look for something to try to pull that person out as well? Mm-hmm. That's how this thing is supposed to work. Right. That's how somebody gets something started and you recruit people, if you will. You you gather and you build strength in numbers to keep individuals from even falling there in the first place. Mm-hmm. But that's just some of the things that I wanted to be able to look at. And then the very last thing, and I'm pretty sure my wife is going to hit this within her list. Mm-hmm. You got to be doing a lot of praying in the midst of this. My God. Mm-hmm. God, what is it that I need to do in order to break this curse? God, strengthen me because I know this is not going to be an easy task. Mm-hmm. God, protect my mind and my heart because you know the enemy is coming after it. Don't let me be easily disgruntled. Don't let me get off course. Help me to stay the course so this thing can be finally broken. Right. Because if the enemy can throw you off track, then you never get to the place where God intended for you to be. And that's what the enemy hates. Mm-hmm. Is for what God calls you to be to come into fruition and your fruit starts looking like the fruit of God. Yes, my God. Mm, mm, mm. And that's the thing, just like Kenya said, he is absolutely correct. <laughs> and so I sit here and laugh how God allows us because we didn't compare notes or anything, but we just be flowing with it. That's the two that is one, the, the old two that is one. But number three on the list that I have, which is what Kenya was saying, is seek God on how to go about breaking this curse or these curses, this generational dysfunctional pattern. Seek God. So Matthew 6 and 33, 
for many of us that know if you're taking notes, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You have to seek God and ask God, okay, God, how do I go about doing this? Because like we've already identified, this is not going to be an easy task. So you want to seek God and then not only just seek God, because what we do is we'll pray to God, but we don't take the time to hear from God. Okay. And when I say hear from God, because a lot of people say, well, I don't know what people mean when they say hear from God. There could be individuals, because it has happened to me several times that they will hit me up, text me or something. Hey, sis, I was thinking about you. You know, how are you and the family doing? Hey, God laid on my heart to share with you, blah, blah, blah. Now, I didn't even tell them what was going on. God will speak through people. God may speak to you while you are at church and you're listening to a, a sermon, or maybe you are an individual that you listen to a podcast or radio show, hint, hint, or you listen to um, different uh, YouTube uh, uh, people that are on YouTube, whatever the case may be, and the answer has come forth and it just hits you. And you like, oh my God. So seek God first on how to go about breaking these curses is number three. Number four that I have on my list is this. You have to do the work. You have to do the work, which means starting with yourself first. So in step one, you've identified the generational dysfunctional patterns in your family. Okay, so step four, how have those things permeated down through you? whatever you got on your list. So let's say in my family, on both sides of the family, and I was speaking with our grandmother about this, what runs prevalent is alcoholism. When you look at, um, and I'm not trying to blame anybody, but when you look at the dynamic of my family, makeup of African-American, Indian, and you know, down the line, of course, um, not too far down the line. Actually, I found out recently, um, Caucasian, white. Um, a lot of the Indians, let's just be honest, we know from back in the day, alcohol was given to them for a reason. We're not going to go into all that. But for those who know, you know. So it's not like it's just, oh, I picked up alcohol. Alcohol was introduced to them. And that was something that was kind of like a, a numbing agent to satisfy them. So with that being said, alcoholism run in my family. And one of the things I desired not to do, because I seen the destruction, this dysfunctional pattern of what alcohol could do. I've seen it played out before me that, and I seen how it destroyed marriages. It destroyed families. It destroyed the individuals that constantly drink and their liver is failing. Their kidneys are failing and different things like that. I did not want that for me. You know what I'm saying? One of the things when I met my husband, I'm going to be, you know, real and transparent as we always do. I remember I was in a place I was missing my son. Me and my husband was dating. One of the things I used to do, which was not a good thing to do, um, is I would drink a small thing of alcohol just to make me go to sleep, kind of numb out and go to sleep. But that's dangerous with the family history that is given. And I remember telling my husband, hey, this is what I've done because I miss my son. I just want to make the days go by fast. I was stationed in Germany or whatever. And I kind of asked my husband, my boyfriend at the time, to be my accountability partner. Because I was just going through some things. It was not a good thing to do, but that's something that I did. So do the work. You have to start with yourself first and identify the things in you that have that need to be broken. What are some things, even if your children are grown right now, 
that you've allowed to happen, um, you didn't know any better because we were we were also taught when you know better, you do better. Because with our oldest son, for example, I know I go back and have conversations with him. I apologize. That's one of the things I shared. I apologized to him for some of the things he's seen in me and my husband's marriage early on. I'm so sorry that you, you know, seen that, whatever the case may be. So James 2 and 20, faith without works is dead. You can have all the faith in the world. You could have the faith of a mustard seed in all the scriptures. But if you're not willing to do the work, mm-hmm. it is all for naught. That's good. So this, um, as long, and I would suggest this, I highly suggest that if you're going to decide to be a curse breaker, and especially when you're identifying things within yourself that need to be broken, that you could see the generational pattern from your family, I would highly suggest that you start seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, allow the therapist to work with you. Because let me share and put a disclaimer. I heard what people think about counselors. People often think when you go to a counselor, it's the counselor's responsibility to fix you. The devil is alive from the pits of hell. That is not what therapy is about. As therapists, as counseling professionals, what we do is we walk beside you on your journey. Okay? We do not fix you. So that, you know, get out your head. So I would suggest finding a therapist to help you process some of these patterns that you've identified within yourself right along with continuously praying and seeking God, okay? Those two need to go hand in hand when you have decided to do the work for the sake of yourself, your family, and your future generations. That's that's good. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to be able to, to throw in there uh, and I definitely agree with what my wife was saying about seeing counselors and things of that nature. Uh, one of the things we have to be really geared about is stopping the act while things are going on. Mm. You know, if you know that you're caught up in a generational curse, whatever that act may be, if it's alcoholism, it, it doesn't matter. At some point, we got to make up our conscientious mind to be able to stop that and don't continue to pass that trait down. Right. And a part of that is being able to, of course, like my wife said, you step out on faith, but you got to be able to do something. Uh, but one of the things that brings to my mind is you got to be able to get out of the boat. Mm, and wow. uh, our pastor, when we were at uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, used to talk about this particular passage in the Bible a lot. Uh, basically, it's uh, the passage that uh, Jesus walks on water, Mark, the 16th chapter, uh, the 45th through the 52nd verse. And it's also found over in the book of John. But in that, you have to understand that where you're in the midst of your storm, mm. you can't be afraid to keep going towards Jesus. Mm. Now, watch this. It says, um, in Mark 6, chapter 45 um, through 52, I, I want to come back up to the 22nd verse. Mm-hmm. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he was dismissed uh, the crowds. And after he had sent them away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When he came evening, he was there alone, but the boat was already far from the land, buffeted by the waves because the winds was against it. Mm. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. 27th verse, but Jesus spoke at 
once. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Mm. So the first thing that we have to understand is when we're going through this walk of breaking generational curses, don't be afraid. You have to understand that if you're going through it, wherever two or three are gathered, Jesus is right there in the midst. You need to keep Jesus right in the midst of everything that's going on. Right. Then the next verse says, says, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, command me to come to you on the water. And then Jesus said, come. Mm -hmm. See, there's a lot of us that want God to meet us and help us to do us for something. But when he says, come, we're doing everything but that. Mm -hmm. We're stopping. We're turning around, going the other way. We're running from the very person that can help us in the midst of our situation. Then it says, then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Mm. That right there is the next part I really want to be able to hit. When you decide to get out of that boat and start taking on this generational curse to be a generational curse breaker, Mm. you can't be paying attention to everything that's going on around you because it's going to distract you from where you need to be going. You need to keep your eyes focused on Jesus so that you don't sink. Mm-hmm. But even in the midst of that, it said immediately Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of Peter. Now, if he's going to take care of his disciples, are you not a disciple of God? Come on. Are you not a child of the most high God? If you feel that you're about to sink, why don't you start reaching your hands out? Because mm-hmm. God is going to grab you and prevent you from sinking. Mm-hmm. Then he says, and then they had climbed back into the boat and the wind died down. Now, right, right there, I want you to focus on they. When God says he'll never leave you or forsake you, he means exactly that. Because it was only Peter that got out of the boat and met Jesus. So they both got back into the boat. Mm. So God is not going to leave you alone on this journey when it comes to you trying to be a um, generational curse breaker. And then it says, then those who were in the boat worship him saying, truly, you are the son of God. See, we have to start realizing who's really in control. Mm -hmm. No matter how much the winds may be blowing out there, no matter how much your boat may be tossed around. If Jesus is in the boat with you, why are you worrying about anything? Wow. Mm-mm-mm. You got to realize who's really in control. Yes. And so now with me saying that, that leads me to this. You're going through this. You can't do this thing by yourself. Mm-hmm. Jesus is in control. He will put people in front of you, behind you, to the side of you to help you go through this, which means you can't never get such a big head that you think you done brought yourself out of something, mm, that God. you done healed yourself, mm. that it was everything that you did. Now, we got to come back and give glory to the Father because of that. And later on, I'm going to come back and show you uh, another situation very similar to that. What we have to remember, this ain't all about us. It's about the person who brought us through it. Right. Um, so continuing on with the list that I have as far as the process of how to break generational curses, um, for those of you who are just joining in, I'll purpose if time allowed to kind of hit these points again. But um, the fourth point was during the work is what I was talking about. I left off this part. What I need you to understand when you do the work, faith that that works is dead, James 2 and 20, you have to understand that this is the deep level core work that is being done. Starting on yourself and doing the work is deep level core work. So I want you to think about it like this from a medical perspective. So I would think about some of the the patients that will come in and one in particular had a deep infested wound, okay? a deep infested wound. And the thing about a wound when you do not, so let's kind of equate this, if you will, to a generational curse or a generational dysfunctional pattern. The thing about the wound that is infected, it will show some infection on the outer part where you can actually see it. 
but most of the damage is done internally. Oh my God, that right there, a preach right there, and we could just end the show. With a wound, most of the damage is done internally when it is left untreated. Mm -hmm. Okay? Generational curses or generational dysfunctional patterns. It is not harming the people that is outside of the family. It's doing most of the damage to the family. So keep in mind that this is deep level core work with that wound. When you go to the doctor and you say, hey, you know, if it, it spreads and I've seen people have to get uh, limbs amputated. Think about the ones in your family that probably died early due to some generational wounds that if it was fixed, you know, way back when it wouldn't be such a sore um, and, and cutting off. Um, here now. So what we had to do when people would come in with these wounds is we would have to go in and clean. We'd have to first get them some lidocaine. So let's say the lidocaine is God. Okay. But we would have to go in and clean out the wound from the top part and go as deep as we possibly could. And then once that wound was cleaned out and it was some nasty situations, some of you all listening that has ever been in the medical field and witnessed this, your face probably just cringe because it don't even smell good when a wound is infested in flesh. Okay, come on. Oh my God. So anywho, once we've cleaned out the entire area, then we would do something called packing and we would pack it and then we would suture it. And then the person would have to come back every so often to get, you know, as the healing take place, the packing removed and then to see if the healing is healing correctly. Come on. Mm -hmm. So that's where counseling comes in. Yes, you're going to do some deep level work. So you have to understand that you got to go deep. You can't go in this thing trying to be all surface about and trying to be all cute. No, it's going to be some ugly, some ugly crying. Mm -hmm. It's going to be some soul searching. This work needs to be done. And so what I want you to do is keep your mind in a positive state, no matter how negative it may get. Come on, somebody. That's good. Just like Kenya was just talking about. The illustration in the scriptures that he used, Jesus, God is walking with you in this process. How could I speak so powerfully about it? I've been in this process. My husband seen me when I told him, look, I got to do some work on myself. I got to go back to counseling. Okay. I ain't just go just once. I got to go back to counseling. And if anything happens, but he understands as a counselor and I'm also a counselor and they teach us in counseling school, even counselors need a counselor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with that, I said, baby, anything I may feel, do whatever, it is not against you. I need to be a better part of me. I wanted to break off some things so that it wouldn't bleed through, To especially once we start having grandchildren and we have three. Come on. I know we don't look like it. Thank you, Lord. But keep that in mind. And then I'm going to share this fifth point um, that I wrote down. Know that many will not be happy to include your family members when you start doing the work. Mm, that's good. Okay. They may point you out to be the problem mm -hmm. in the family. They will nine times out of 10 make you the black sheep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so with that point, what I want you to think about is this. When you have individual, when you, okay. When you have an alcoholic, for example, who they saw a customer drinking alcohol, or you got somebody who's on drugs that they, they don't see nothing wrong with the problem because they in it. Come on, somebody. But 
Once a person say, I no longer want to be in this, as Kenya was saying at the beginning of this show, they will identify you as a problem. This is what families do. And I'm going to share a little counseling, just a little counseling technique with you. In order for uh, an individual to say, I want to break these habits, you don't have to make an announcement of the world. You start changing within yourself and they will see it on the outside. They get mad at you because it eases their anxiety levels, okay? So that's why families will make you the problem because you are changing the family dysfunctional patterns, which they don't see a problem with because they're in it. So they point you out to be the problem and that makes them feel like, well, as long as we gang together and we bully, because that's basically what it is, the one person who lo- no longer want to operate in this dysfunctional way that is work it's been okay with us for years, even though you got marriages destroyed, you got individuals that have suicided, you have all kind of dysfunction, okay? Then they to make themselves feel good, make you out to be a problem. So they gang together as a family of bullies and make you to be the problem. But I'm going to read again what Denzel Washington said. I read this um, before, but it definitely applies here. And then Kenya got some more things. Denzel Washington once said, and this is a quote that um, is on Facebook. We shared it on our Marriage Mondays with the Kings Facebook page. Denzel Washington once said, Your own family will talk about you when you're in the process of breaking all of their generational curses. This ain't for the weak. Mm, So that's that's what we need you to know. Definitely. And, you know, for me, we have to understand that that whole term about being the black sheep of the family, you know, where that comes from. Mm -hmm. It just comes from the fact that there's always an individual that may go against what the family normally does. They don't do things in that way. So they kind of disregard them as the black sheep and they kind of equate it back to sheep farmers uh, that didn't like black sheep. Mm -hmm. It was nothing against the sheep. It was all about the wool of the black sheep. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the wool of a black sheep, it cannot be dyed. So when you have a white sheep and they cut the wool off, it can be dyed brown, yellow, red, black, blue, whatever color there it is. But if a black sheep comes up, then you can't dye that any other color. So it made that particular individual less marketable, that particular sheep's wool less marketable. Mm -hmm. But what you have to understand, if people are calling you a black sheep, it ain't for you to be marketable. It ain't for you to be commercially Mm -hmm. sold. Mm -hmm. You're a child Mm -hmm. of the most high God. If he called you out to be different, he called you out to be different for a specific reason. Right. Now, just because I don't look like you doesn't mean my wool or or my skin is any uh, less invaluable. As a matter of fact, it may be even more valuable because it ain't that many of me. Right, God is right. calling me out for a particular come on, reason. Come on, come we got to be able to understand that. Then the other thing that I wanted to jump over to is I, I totally believe that there are going to be some individuals that's going to hear these words that God has given us, and they're going to start breaking some generational curses. Yes. And it may be what I call a positive denominator mm-hmm. effect, where one person knocks one down, then someone else knocks one down. Before you know it, walls are just falling down. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, this is what we have to understand. I said it earlier. I said I was going to come back to it. You didn't do any of this on your own. Mm-hmm. God was right there with you. You may even have to lean on some family members, some friends, some some folks at church, some counselors and things of that nature. But it's all a part of God's plan so that the generational curse can be broken. Right. Now, this is what I want you to pay attention to. Luke, the 17th chapter, the 12th through the 19th verse. And I'll be reading from the King James Version. Okay. And as he entered into a certain village, 
there met 10 men that were lepers, which stood off afar. Now, this is Jesus coming into a village. Mm -hmm. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, I want to stop right there. Now, Jesus is coming to this uh, uh, village where there's 10 men that have leprosy. And back in those days when you had leprosy, you were pretty much shut off from a community because they didn't want things to spread. Right. Now, you equate that right with a generational curse. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of times when generational curses go on, people don't separate themselves. They keep themselves right in the midst of the community so it can keep spreading. Mm-hmm. But with this thing called leprosy, you, you're marked. You can't be around other individuals because people are afraid that they were going to get it. Now, the words that I want you to pay attention to is this. He says, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Mm. Not once they got somewhere to the print, to the priest, but as they even made their way there, the healing had already started. You wow. have to understand that in this destination that you're about to be on this travel, that the minute you decide to go, your healing begins right there. Mm. Now, this is the next part I want you to pay attention to. And it says, in one of them, remember there was 10. Mm-hmm. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Right. That's the part I want you to stick at right now. Because God right now is having a conversation with this person and saying, were there not 10 of you? Where's the other nine? Mm. So that shows you that once God takes you through this, as you start to go, there's going to be some healing that takes place. But you can't get so big headed that you think you did it on your own. You need to come back and say thanks to God. Mm -hmm. You need to come back and be able to give God all the glory, because if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't be able to make it through. Right. And that is the thing that I want to uh, think about this the most. And when you jump down to that 19th chapter and he said unto him on the 19th verse and he said unto him, arise, go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. Mm -hmm. Now watch this. This individual was supposed to be going back to the priest and showing them that he was healed. Once he realized it, he came back and thanked God. Now God don't need you to go back and tell everybody about what's going on. He just Mm -hmm. says, go ahead and go on your way. Right, right. See, all too often when we know that God has done something for us, it's not nothing about telling people about it. That could be a good thing. But sometimes we start to flip that story around and making it all about us. Mm, Can't do that. That's true. It's all God. He mm-hmm. says, arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made you whole. And as my wife was saying earlier, you can have faith. You got to have faith. But guess what? You got to put some works in with it. Mm-hmm. And that work that that individual did was he followed instructions. Mm-hmm. When God said, go show yourself to the priest, he started to go. When he realized he was healed, he came back and said, hey, thank you, Father. Right. This is you. Now, God says, now you can go on about your business. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's no need for someone to say, this is what I did and this is what I've created. This is how I've been healed because the, he realized what was going on. He gave thanks to the person that did it. There's nobody else to talk to. Right, right. Mm-mm-mm. And as, as Kenya speaking, um, this is what I was literally just writing down. For some of you who are listening and say, oh, my God, y'all making this thing sound easy or whatever. Trust and believe. Mm-hmm. My process was not easy. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna personally because sometimes I have a habit of talking about you know me and Kenya collectively as one because we are one, but my process was not easy. But this is what God just literally dropped in my spirit. God is waiting for many of you to be the curse breaker because there is a mighty work that needs to be done. Right now, we cannot even speak about generational curses. We cannot even speak about being generational curse breakers if we did not do the work. Okay. And so the thing is, yes, 
break, you know, the curses, whatever the case may be, but God are waiting to use many of y'all for such a time as this. Some of us get so comfortable because we don't want any adversity. We don't want anything to come against us. We don't want, you know, because we already know, especially many of us who grew up in the church, um, that, you know, the devil don't go after, um, the devil don't go after those that are already in his camp. The devil don't go after those who are going along to get along because they are already on his side. The devil goes after the ones that are trying to get out. You see what I'm saying? That are trying. That's who he goes after. The ones who are trying to be the generational curse breaker. But see, what we have to understand is that God got us. Like Kenya was just saying in the scripture, you know, Peter and walking on water and Jesus, God has us. God is not going to leave us nor forsake us. So we have to have that faith. But how many of you all right now who are listening to us, you just go along to get along because you want to be accepted by everybody. You want to be pleased by everybody. But let me tell you this. If I'm a black sheep, I'd rather be a black sheep for God than not. Mm, Okay. I'd rather be the one that people talk about as long as when I get to those pearly gates, I can hear our Lord and Savior say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And see, that's the thing. We can't be lukewarm. Either you're going to do this thing or you're not. Now, if you choose to have the choice to Go along to get along because that's what you know and that's what you do. Then that's on you. We're not knocking you. This show for tonight is for those generational curse breakers because those who are, you know, going to talk about you now, they'll be all right. Who are they? Why is it that we are so apt to always try to stay in the good, pleasing eye of man? instead of God. I don't understand. So we want to please man on earth, but we want to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But the things that God tells us to do, we're too scared to do it because of what man think. How backward is that? Mm. So I don't know who that's for. That just came out of me as I was speaking. God, you know, He's, he's uh, sharpening someone right now in their spirit. You just felt exactly what I said. So these generational curse breakers, baby, it's not easy. They're going to talk about you. My mama used to always say they talked about Jesus. So you're going to be all right. Are you ready to do the work? If you are, I will go over the steps again um, here in a little bit for those of you who joined us late in the show. And one other thing that I want to, to add to that, you know, sometimes we have to understand that we can't worry about individuals um and what they say or do. Right. If we're going to make a, a better life for ourselves and our generations, our children to come, uh, we got to start something within us and move on from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that keeps a lot of individuals within a generational curse is your mouth. Mm, my God. Your mouth and sometimes other people's mouths. And so Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Mm-hmm. Some of you guys keep getting the same fruit because you keep speaking the same negative stuff. Mm, mm, well, there's no way I'm going to be able to come up out of this. This has been happening in my family for generations, generations. This is something we have to live with. So guess what? You're going to eat the fruit thereof. Right. So you got to learn how to keep your mouth off of yourself. Speak something positive about it so that good fruit will come about. Now, the second part of that is this. Sometimes we let other people speak on us and they don't need to be putting their mouth on us Mm, either. Come on. Come on. Hmm. Sometimes when people are saying all this negative stuff about you, look at you, look what you did to yourself. You ain't never going to be anything. How do you call yourself a Christian? God don't like this. God don't like that. No, God may not like the actions. Right. 
but he never, ever stops loving you as a son or a daughter of God. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to start breaking those generational curses of us putting our mouths on each other and other people putting their mouths on us as well. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at it, Isaiah 54 and 17 says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. That means not no weapon. Right. Nothing. Not even your mouth or somebody else's mouth if you decide to stand against that. Because it says... Uh, thou shalt now, I'm sorry, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Mm. Hmm. So God is telling you right there, you're going to have some people that's going to talk about it. Yeah. But he's going to equip you enough where you're going to be able to condemn it. Right. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. So sometimes we got to fall back on those good words. Let, let people know, hey, you can talk about me all you want to. This mm. ain't go prosper. Come on. Come you're on. not taking me out of position because number one, you didn't put me here and you yes. can't take me out of yes, it. Yes, God. Mm. That's mm-hmm. what we have to be able to understand. Then we'll go down to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, the 17th verse says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Mm -hmm. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become Mm -hmm. new. Mm -hmm. So when you get ready to start your voyage and you start breaking these generational curses, what we have to understand is that you are a new creature in Christ. Mm -hmm. Don't let the enemy come back up there and enticing you by the things that you used to do. Because if you put those things behind you, you were bound and you broke the chains. Don't go back and pick up the pieces again. Old things are passed away. Behold, there's something new that's happening. Mm -hmm. And you have to be a new creation when it comes to God. And people will definitely notice and they will see that. Right. Mm-hmm. They will definitely notice and they will see that. But once again, you're new now. Right. You don't see a snake shed skin and go back and crawl up in it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Wow. We have to get to that point when we when God takes something off of us, he's taking it off. We need to leave it off and we move on from there because we now we're a new creature. He's not going to look at us the same way that he did before. Right. And he shows us that many times throughout the Bible where you had someone, they were born under one name and then they changed their name to something else. Mm-hmm. Jesus changed mm-hmm. their name. Mm-hmm. So my thing is this. Are you ready to be a new creature and are you ready for a new name? Right. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Oh, my God. And so just for those, um, like we said, who joined in late, I had written down some steps. If you are deciding, if God is quickening in your spirit, that you be the generational curse breaker. Um, The first thing, um, and this isn't the first step, but... Keep it in mind. You got to prepare your mind. This is not going to be an easy process, an easy task. Um, Step one, you have to identify slash recognize the curse that needs to be broken. That is something that we have been saying repeatedly throughout this entire series. Step two, you have to make the conscious decision if you are going to desire to stay in this generational dysfunctional pattern, what I originally wrote down was the wave, or if you're going to go against the grain and be the curse breaker. Step three, seek God on how to go about breaking this, this mm-hmm. curse or these curses. So seek God about how to go about breaking this curse or these curses. So Matthew 6 and 33, the fourth step is you have to do the work, which means starting with yourself first. So in step one, you write down your list of things that need to be broken. But in step four, what are those things that are inside you? Because it starts with you first. So James 2 and 20, faith without works is dead. You can have all the faith you want to, but you got to do the work. So I highly recommend in this step that you seek counseling, 
you know, find a therapist um, right along with prayer to God and continuous prayer. The therapist is going to walk alongside you. That's what we do as counselors and therapists. We do not fix you. So do not go in a counseling session or sessions thinking that it is the therapist's responsibility to fix you. We fix no one. We walk alongside you and we help you process things that need to be processed and know that in this step that there is a deep level of work, of core work that need to be done. So if you're going in there trying to, you know, skim off the surface and all that, and you're not ready to do the true work, don't waste your time at a therapist time. Because a therapist could be working with individuals who are ready to do the true work. Okay. So, and I'm only speaking for them Example. Now, as you are doing the core work in step four, you have to keep a positive mindset. Mm -hmm. Okay. You have to think I am doing this not only for myself, but for my future generations. All right. And so keep that in mind, a positive mindset, no matter how ugly, how much ugly crying you doing, because I've done it, no matter how much, you know, things are going to wake you up in the middle of the night where you're going to be like, oh my God, instead of you allowing yourself to be overtaken by negativity, immediately go into prayer. Okay. These are the things that I've done. Step five, know that many will not be happy with your decision to be a generational curse breaker to include your own family members. So you got to know that that's step five. They will not be happy to include your own family members. They may point you out or call you out to be the problem in the family. And they may even oust you or um, uh, refer to you as the black sheep. That is okay. And I read um, a quote from... Um, Denzel Washington that basically says summarizing that quote that I read earlier is that when you are breaking their generational curses, your family will come against you. This is not for the weak. Okay. So it is not for the weak. And Mm -hmm. then what I had uh, wrote down with the sixth one is God is waiting for many of you to be the curse breaker because there is a mighty work that needs to be done. All right. Even if that mighty work, let me say this is not done within you. It may be done with your next generation. So you may have to start the work and your next generation or your your grandchildren or future great-grandchildren finish the work. We've seen that a lot in the Bible. In the Old Testament, it was Moses, right, baby, mm-hmm. that started to uh, take the children of Israel to the promised land, but he mm-hmm. didn't finish it, all right? So keep that in mind. He started it. So you may be starting it. You may not finish it. You may not even see the finished work, but you could see the finished work within yourself. And then step seven is completion Mm because we know God is completion. Mm -hmm. Okay. So not to say things might not try to come back from your past or whatever the case may be, but God is completion. The healing has begun. Okay. And trust me when I tell you from personal experience on this side of the generational dysfunctional patterns, curses, traumas, whatever the case may be, it feels glorious and I feel free. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another thing that I wanted to throw in there and it kind of wraps up a lot of what my wife has said. uh, But when she was talking about 
uh, your family members making you black sheep, they're, they're not going to be the only ones that's going to do it. Right. It's going to be some of your friends that are mm-hmm. around you, your co-workers. And church I hate, members. Uh, yeah, that's come what on, I was going to. It, it's going to be some church folk that's going to do the same right. thing. Right, because you're no longer walking in bondage. And, come and, on, And sir. that's the thing. I, I'm, I am bewildered, if you will, as to why it is that we expect church to be a place of healing mm. and restoration. Come and on. then when a person gets healed and restored, then we start talking about them, mm. uh, thinking that they're better than us because they came up out of where they're at. You almost made me speak. And, and, and I've seen Jesus. it in a lot of different places. Oh, look at her. She got three uh, children by three different babies' daddies, and she dressed them like this in church. But then when she get her life together mm. and she breaks some curses and she finds the the, uh, the minister that's come in on. church, come on, come on, the come why on. is he with her? That ain't what God want. How do you know? Right. Mm. But mm-hmm. once again, we're putting our mouth on the individuals. Yeah. We we see them hurting and we want to pray and talk about them all up in church. Then when they get healed and delivered, we start putting our mouths on them again. Come on, come. That's on. what we call in counseling a double bind. Mm. That's what the Bible says, that you're, you're, you're asking for a blessing and a curse coming from the same stream, the same fruit, mm, sweet and mm, sour. Mm, mm, mm. Come on, come on, come on, my God. And so we can't expect individuals to break curses if they think once I got the curse broke, I'm still going to be talked about. Yes. And that's a big problem within the church today. Right. Come you on. tell me to come. You tell me to change. You tell me to get healed and restored and be made new. And then when I am, you talk about me like a dog. Come on, my God. Oh, Lord Jesus. Mm. Jesus. So when it comes to breaking these generational curses, church folk, we got to understand we play a big part in that. Yes. When somebody comes out of that, this ain't the time to be throwing stuff back on them. Right. I have not seen a firefighter yet say, hey, there's a building that's on fire. We're going to put it out and then start the fire back come up. Come on, again. come on, come on, sir. Come on. Mm, you and your country analogies. Yes. But, but that's what we do to people sometimes. And we wonder why they stay in the midst of all their stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. When a person is free, the Bible says who the, that the son is set free, free is, is free, free indeed. indeed. So yes. who are you to go back and put a lock or a chain on them? My God, come on. Sometimes what we need to be doing is putting a lock and a chain on our lips, keeping mm. our mouths off of people and let God do what he's going to do. Yes. And sometimes human beings can be the the greatest uh, blocker for blessings to come forth because we don't know when to keep our mouth shut and let God do what he's going to do. That's true. I'm going to leave that one right there. That is so true. That is so true. And so with that, we're going to move on with our thought of the week. And it comes from a Pinterest quote, and it reads, pain travels through family lines until someone is ready to heal it in themselves. By going through the agony of healing, you no longer pass the poison chalice unto the generations that follow. It is incredibly important and sacred work. Mm, and once again, that God. comes from a Pinterest quote, and I like that. It is important and sacred work. I really like yes, that. Yes, that's amazing. So thank you all so much for joining us. That wraps up our show. We thank you for those who uh, you gave us subtopics, you commented, you provided comments through this series. This is our first time ever doing a series. We thank God for putting this on our hearts and thank you all for supporting us. Please share. We want to let you know that Marriage Mondays with the Kings is brought to you by our sponsors. We have Christian Humor Force slash Inspiration, which is a group that is designed to uplift, inspire, and bring humor to everyday life in a Christian way. We ask that you search them out on Facebook at Christian Humor Force slash Inspiration. Then we have Hope, which is helping our patriots evolve. This is space for all veterans and their loved ones to come and feel like they're accepted and understood. Veterans around the globe suffer every day from a pain they cannot escape. Hope offers encouragement for those who are searching for a place to connect. Hope is not for mental health services. For that, you will have to find a supportive mental health resource within your community at your local Veteran Health Administration. For more information, go to their website, hopeveteranstrong.com. 
Realtor.com. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Prolific moves start here with Prolific Realty. Visit their website at prolificrealtors.com or call Alexis White at 254-702-5332. Thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to um, provide any topics or communicate with the Kings, please go to our website, marriagemondayswiththekings.com. Click on the contact us tab and send a message and our team will make sure that it gets to us. So thank you so much for joining us and we will be back with you on next Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And as always, keep it locked right here on KRGN 98.5 FM, The, the Rock. Rock.